Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. It's been cold. A lot of snow, a lot of ice. Yeah, I got to watch where I'm going whenever I go outside. Don't want to slip, fall, and crack my ass open on the cement. It's pretty horrific. As many of you know, I've been doing a lot of live shows lately, and I plan on doing another one Friday, 7 p.m. Central. I've heavily been considering that going and making videos, I might just start making my videos live. That way people can actually talk to me and ask questions about my topics while I'm going. I mean, literally every video that I make, make it live so people can actually participate and their comments will go up on the screen and all that. Of course, if people start getting abusive, then I'll just simply turn the comments off live in the video and just continue on doing my thing. But I'd rather for all of you, atheists and religious alike, to be able to participate in it. I've also been doing really, really well on my radio station. I just picked up a bunch of advertisers, and that'll be nice because I absolutely do not get any financial support from YouTube or Google and uh, don't even make enough to get a candy bar off of Rumble and some of the other alternative video sites I do. Uh, Christians are not very charitable people, at least in social media. So I haven't been doing well on that, but my radio uh, just uh, just recently ended up picking that up. I was able to be paid through my own advertisements or if someone bought directly from me space on my radio to be able to do that. And I was doing pretty well on that. But now I've got like, you know, something like Coca-Cola or uh, some brand name out there can actually... Uh, decide where they want to put space on my radio and i've opened access to advertising companies so things are going to look up for the keen family hopefully we'll see how that goes um i've talked to a lot of people who have that and they say that they've done pretty well because of it so it's been a while i've worked for the last couple of years very hard on my radio station so it's nice to hear that happening so Let's talk about something that's been really crawling under my skin. It's aggravated me for quite a long time, but I usually don't bother saying anything to other Christians about this. Um, this seems to be a phenomenon that happens in social media, Christianity. A lot of you probably realize that a lot of these YouTubers out here who claim to be Christian, none of them are preachers, none of them are professionals, none of them have a license. Um, they figure because they know a little bit of the Bible and know how to hit record on a video, they spew out all kinds of stuff and they attempt to do the amateur sermonizing. And some of them are actually quite gifted. There are people out there that are very talented. I personally think that Matt Powell is a, a great young and up and coming preacher who does really well at being able to distinguish and interpret what's, what the Bible's actually talking about. Unfortunately, there are some Christians out there that don't realize that just simply regurgitating Bible verses or repeating what some stuff that they read off a website isn't the same as what preachers actually do. A preacher is supposed to be like a shepherd where he tends to his flock. 
And when I say tend to their flock, it means that you you don't just sit there and preach and, and run your mouth on Sunday and that's it. If you have congregation or you have followers, you're supposed to be there for them. You're supposed to have an open ear and an open heart, listen to their problems, listen to their issues, uh, be there. The Catholics, they have confession booths where people can come in and talk about how they're struggling or how they feel like they've been challenged. Whether you agree with that system of thinking or not, it offers people the ability to get things off of their chest. It offers people somewhere they can go where they find wisdom and they can sit in an office or a wooden box and actually talk to um you know, the priest or whatever they call the father and all that and, and get it all out there. And then, of course, they're told that they're forgiven to keep on trying and do the best they can. And some people need that. Sometimes a flock doesn't just need to have the Bible slammed on them over and over and over. Sometimes people need a friend. Sometimes people don't have family and they're looking for a community where they can connect. I think that that's one of the strongest things about Christianity. I think it's one of the big reasons why Christianity lasted for as long as it did. Nowadays, Christians don't really hang out with each other, especially in social media, unless they think that the other person's going to get them views or help them in some kind of way and getting somewhere on the internet. Um, they don't do it because they think that it'll be a more effective deal. I have found countless times in a lot of these Christian live rooms and all that, that a lot of these people just like to talk forever and ever and ever and never really give the other members, uh, don't even consider that there are other people in the room who want to have a conversation. I've literally seen atheists come in rooms and have to wait for over an hour before they even get to speak on the mic. Although atheists annoy me, I know that they're also human, and I know that some of them, some of them actually do want to find the truth. Not all of them are just there to argue and debate or try to humiliate you and embarrass you. There's a lot of them out there like that, but there's some of them that really want to have those conversations. Why this? Why that? Why did God do this? Or why should I get saved? Or what does it even mean to be saved? A lot of Christians, especially the amateurs out there on social media, they think that whenever they're talking, they don't realize that they're speaking a completely different language than people who are on the outside of Christianity. By telling a total stranger that unless you have Jesus Christ in your life, you're absolute garbage, you deserve to burn in hell, you deserve your soul to be destroyed. Well, the fact is, is that a lot of atheists, they don't even know what the hell you're talking about whenever you say their soul. That's like saying, uh, if you don't go along with what I'm talking about, the lint on your toe is going to vaporize. They, they have no clue what the hell a soul is or a spirit. Surely they probably heard of spirits and souls in their favorite horror flick or a movie or something. But they don't really know what that means and why that's of importance or special. What is it that you're telling them? To them, it's like telling them that there's something invisible that exists that they don't even know about that they're going to lose. Well, if they never even knew about it in the first place, why are they going to care? 
And by telling someone that if you don't join my club, then that makes you a piece of trash, that you're garbage, that you have to do certain rituals or believe certain things, or your life doesn't mean squat, well, that's going to turn a non-believer off, and it's kind of irritating as well. You know, I used to have this grandmother who was riddled with cancer, and she would tell me all the time that uh, without her, I wouldn't make it in this world. She would tell me as a child that, you know, unless I did what she told me to do, then my life literally meant nothing. She would call me a dirty rag. She would call me uh, garbage. She would call me trash and all that. Not because she was a mean person. She had cancer and her brain was all fried because of this. So she said some really cruel, mean things. And most of the time she didn't even realize she was doing it. She actually thought, well, this is my grandson, and this is the way we talk, and if people don't like it, they can kiss my ass type of attitude. Well, a lot of Christians, unfortunately, speak like this, and I don't think it's because they have cancer in their brain, but I don't think that they really think about what it's like to be on the other side of the conversation, what it's like. I know what it's like because he used to be a former atheist. I didn't like being told that, Oh, without Jesus Christ, you're garbage. And some of you, even now, you'll probably be listening to this video and saying, well, it, you may not like it, but it's true. I don't believe that, though. I believe that when God was creating humans, I believe that he perceived us as being something special, as his children, all right? And as a father myself, I didn't bring my children in the world with this idea that they're going to be garbage and I'm going to treat them as such unless they do exactly what I tell them to do. I'm not going to hold a shotgun to my children. I created children because I wanted them to be happy. I wanted them to have joy because I love them because they're important. I want them to have experiences. I want them to be able to feel. I want them to know what it feels like to be loved, what it's like to be touched, what it's like to be held, what it's like to meet a woman for the first time or a man and stuff, depending on if it's daughter and son, and be able to have relationships, be able to build families, be able to have friendships, all these kind of things. But not once whenever I was bringing my children in the world did I say, Today, I'm going to create a bunch of garbage. Today, I'm going to create some trash. And the only way this trash doesn't get burned, the only way this trash doesn't get destroyed, is if they accept every tenant that I ever say and live like that. That's to me, ladies and gentlemen. That's unfortunately when my grandmother did the things that she did to me and spoke like that, I felt like I was being abused. I felt like I was trapped with an insane person who was basically manipulating me and trying to treat me like garbage. And of course, my grandmother was the type of person who would demand that I do whole kinds of chores and everything else. And if I didn't do it right on time or did it right, then I went back to being absolute garbage. And that's the way a lot of Christians think of themselves and think of other people. And it's one of the reasons why some Christians out there are so quick to point out other people's alleged sins. I had a guy recently who, he uh, heard me cussing. 
on one of my shows. And he uh, he confronts me and he says, Brett, he goes, why do you got to say the F word? And why do you got to say this and that for? He goes, you know, I used to be an atheist. And before I could even answer him or respond on why I use foul or coarse language, as he calls it, he says, you know, I used to be a porn addict. I used to cheat. I used to lie. I used to steal and all that. I was a real piece of garbage until I changed my life. I was all these horrible things, and then I changed my life, and now I'm trying to do better. And I realize that if I don't do this or I don't do that for Jesus, then <laughs> I'm going to remain absolute trash. And I'm like, wow, you've, you've done a lot of sinning, have you? And uh, he goes, well, the reason why I'm telling you all these things is because, you know, what you're doing is trash. He basically gave, projected all this uh, nonsense of his own life and his own behaviors onto me. And I said, besides cussing, I don't, uh, I'm not off killing people, lying, stealing, doing all kinds of horrific stuff. I think the only thing that I can think of that I do that is probably something that doesn't please God very much is I'm not really that good at loving your enemy or taking a slap across the cheek. And to be honest, I really don't believe that God created us just to be abused and uh, be slapped around and all that, and that we're supposedly supposed to just let people crucify us whenever they want. That was Jesus. That was his way of doing things because he was in such a way because of the nature of God, that was his role to do. But he didn't expect his disciples to do that. There are passages where it says, take upon your cross and all that. But it doesn't mean that Jesus is literally telling us to physically put a wooden stake on our back. Carry it through the streets while a bunch of people pound on us and spit on us. And then hang us out to dry. It means that we need to try to be like Christ. We need to try to live like him. But there's obvious things, good things that Jesus did, as well as the bad things that were done to Jesus that Christians could not possibly do. And Jesus knew that. Christ knew, and that's one of the reasons why he said that we have our issues that we do. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think it's a good idea for Christians to look at other Christians or atheists and tell people that you're garbage just simply because you're not saved at the moment. Now, a lot of atheists out there, they've probably heard me in the past. They probably heard me actually call them directly to their face that they are garbage. But I don't call them garbage simply because they lack a belief in deities. I used to lack a belief in deities. I used to not believe in God, but I didn't consider myself garbage because of it. What I consider garbage is the cruelty, the nasty behavior, the desire or want to humiliate people or use people as the butt of a joke, to try to bully folks. These are the kind of things that made me represent atheist as or associate atheism with bad people and garbage type people. But I also did the same thing with some Christians out there. If there were Christians out there who would laugh and cackle at the idea that someone would burn for all eternity in hell, 
Let me remind you, I'm an annihilationist, so I don't believe in torture for our, all eternity, that God's standing over a cauldron, stewing people in a hellish flame type of deal. I believe the soul dies. But there are even many, many Christians out there to this day, when I listen to them and I hear them, it's not that they're bad at preaching. It's not that they're bad at sermonizing. That really gets under my skin. It's that a lot of these people deliberately want to be garbage. I think there are some people who are comfortable with being garbage, comfortable with being abusive on all sides. I think there's some people who like the idea of believing that if there is a God, that there's no point in even really trying because you're already saved no matter what. Have you heard these people? You know, basically they believe that they're in the hands of God. So no matter what they say, no matter what they do, they're going to be saved at the end of the day. There are Bible verses that say once you're in the hand of God, um, you can't be basically pulled out of it. But there's a catch to that, and a lot of these Christians out here who make that claim, they won't want to tell you this. That Christian doesn't know for sure. God doesn't just pop his head out of the sky and say, hey, by the way there, fella, you're guaranteed now. You're in my hands right now. The Christian reads the Bible and then assumes that they're one of the people that were elected. Or they assume, whether they're a Calvinist or a Pentecostal, they assume that they are in the hands of God. But the problem with that is there's plenty of verses that say, I never knew you. You're not of my flock. You went around and you claimed to be this and that, but you never actually were. The way is narrow. Most people, if you read the Bible, you probably get the impression that most people are not going to make it into heaven. Some people are not going to get to God. Some people are so, it's not because of their label. It's not because of the questions that they ask in life. It's not even because of your debates. It's because of your heart. You as a person. I think that when God created us, he meant for us all to be valuable to him. Just like a father, when he has children, he wants that, he wants that relationship and he sees you as important enough to love you. And it's actually important for him to be loved back. Now, if somebody's a piece of garbage or a piece of trash, if somebody has no inherent value to them, then why would you want to have a relationship with them? Why would you want to connect with them? Why would you care if they're happy or they experience joy or any of these things? So I believe before Jesus Christ even died on the cross, God already believed in us. He already was convinced that we were worth having life in the first place, that we were worth bringing into existence from his own essence. If you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, even though we may make mistakes and we do wrong, we're part of God. We're pieces of God's very essence and embodiment. We're like little gods running around here with limited abilities, limited powers. We're important. We are. And I'm just sick and tired of hearing some Christians out there saying, 
uh, your garbage unless you get saved. That's not the way it works. I think that God already believes before we even accept Jesus Christ that we're worth saving in the first place. Saving from what? Saving from our own evil desires and some of the bad things. Now, I know there's some Christians out there, you're probably going to end up making a video and you're going to say, but, but what about this verse and what about this verse? It's not about just verses in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, no more than it's about judging a person based upon their cover. It's about what's in the heart. Do you think that if a person out there is striving to do good, do you think if there's an atheist or a Christian out there that is donating their money to charity, doing things, working in children's hospitals, just because they don't read the Bible the way you read it, or just because they haven't fully accepted Jesus Christ the way you think it should be done, are you really believing in your mind that God doesn't see into their heart and realize there's something worth saving? And when I say saving, that's kind of a funny word, isn't it? Saving kind of sounds like there's some kids that are drowning in a pool and they need a lifeguard to jump in and save them. Well, Perhaps saving can also mean that you feel like something is worth keeping because it's so valuable. You ever had something out there where you have a bunch of stuff in your shed or in your closet and you think it's time to do a cleaning day and you look through all your old things and you decide, this was always good. I always enjoyed this. I always loved this, so I'm going to keep this. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to cherish it. Why did I even put it out in the box in the first place? See, there is saving things that you can put value to. Even before you make the choice to save them, that thing has inherent value. It means something to you, and it always has. It doesn't mean that it needs to be saved because its value is bad. Therefore, you need to repair it or fix it because it's broken type of thing. Does that make sense? Have you ever picked up something and said, you know what, this thing I bought, you know, five years ago is a piece of garbage, but you know what, it's worth saving. Or have you picked up things that you cherish and say, I've always loved this. Why did I put this away for? How did I even forget about it? This thing is just as awesome as it was before. Hell, you might even find more awesomeness about it as you grow older. Has that ever happened to any of you where you get older and you realize that you cherish things and people more than you did before? You ever looked at something when you were a kid and went, eh, that's, that's terrible, that's boring, that sucks, I don't want that in my life. And then later on you go, hey, that's a really useful tool. That's a really useful thing for me. I think that whenever, I know none of you are going to listen to me because a lot of you are narcissistic, just as narcissistic and egotistical as some of the atheists I've dealt with. You're probably not going to listen and you're not going to change your ways. But I think that in the future when we're talking to non-believers, we should probably not start off with your garbage and you need to be saved. We need to talk to them as though they are the valued 
person that was left in the box, or at least they feel that way. We need to talk to them about, I'm sure that you've had some difficulties in your life and you've been through some challenges, but God made you for a reason and God does love you. Not say God only loves you after you uh, got yourself saved or you become like us. Because that sounds, that sounds hateful as hell, doesn't it? Until you get saved, you're nothing. You're not even worth the breath that you have. That's abusive and that's manipulative. It's, it's what I would call a fear tactic. And it's probably one of the reasons why some atheists run around like chickens with their head cut off saying that if you talk to your own kids like that, then that's abuse. There can be, the way you talk to certain people can be considered abuse. It's one of the reasons why some people out there are trying to associate uh, preaching with hate speech. You got people out there like uh, Mr. Steven Anderson who says things like, um, if you're this way or this way or you have this trait or this behavior or habit, then you're not allowed into my church. Well, that's not really the way Jesus was, was he? Jesus used to hang out with the sinners and break bread with them. He would sit with them and spend time with them and talk to them. In the end, ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't the sinners who were Jesus' problem. It was the religion and the government of that time that would eventually crucify Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God. So it's something to think about. I'm just getting... I get so tired of it. I'm not even an atheist. I believe in God. And I've actually had some Christians confront me like that and say, Brad, if you don't get saved properly or you don't walk this certain way or do this certain thing, you're screwed. And unfortunately, the Bible for some is very confusing because some of these people actually believe that their abusive behaviors and their words are beneficial or good, that they're supposed to. The Bible says you're to correct your brother and sister, but some of these Christians do not consider you their brothers or sisters, and they don't do it because they're trying to help you or because they're trying to correct you. They're not looking to spend time with you like a family or a brother and sister would. They just want to tell you that you're doing something wrong. And some people do that not because they're trying to help you, but because they're trying to validate their own sins. Do you know how many times I've ran into Christians who have been drinkers, alcoholics, drug addicts, people, Christians who will sit there and smoke weed and watch an atheist act like an orangutan on the internet? Do you know how many times I've actually had a Christian come up to me in social media or in one of my chat rooms and actually bring up some drama that happened between me and a non-believer? What the hell are they watching that for? Why aren't they off, you know, trying to save souls? Why are they busy getting themselves involved in some trash talking between a religious person and a non-believer? I don't know. Their answers have always been because I'm entertained, because I just wanted to see what would happen. Not once did any of these people come to me and say, I consider you a brother in Christ, and it's possible that you're under a lot of stress, you're under a lot of pressure, and maybe it might be upsetting for you to have to go through these type of things. I've never once had a Christian say that to me. Say, Brett, 
the way these people treat you, the way these people talk to you, <laughs> you know, hey, man, do you need a friend? Do you need a brother? Do you need an ear? Do you need somebody to talk to? No. It's not like that. But the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is if you talk to people like garbage, if you treat people like garbage, then pretty much they're going to act like garbage towards you. One of the most well-known things in psychology is if you abuse children, if you tell your children that they're worthless, if you tell them that they're pieces of shit, and you tell them that they have no use, unfortunately, children will sooner or later be convinced that about themselves. Is it no wonder why when someone leaves Christianity, why it is whenever someone goes from Christianity to atheism, why in the first year or two they have that honeymoon period where they feel like they're relieved, like they left a prison, like they're no longer in some kind of mind cage? It's because they were a part of a church and they were around people who made them feel like absolute shit. Maybe those people didn't mean to, maybe they weren't trying to, or maybe it was 100% full effort to, to totally tear that person's self-esteem and ego down. I don't know. But in the end, you get a very angry fucking person. You get a person who has suppressed a lot of rage, and now you're going to spend the next decade listening to them tell you that you and your God is shit. So maybe we ought to reevaluate our tactics, our ways. Don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. If there is a person out there who's acting like a total piece of shit, I'll tell them. But you don't start the conversation with a total stranger with that attitude. Only if they do something based upon their merits, if they deserve to be talked to like that, if they actually instigated a, a fight with you or started trouble, then you can go that route, at least in my philosophy. But we need to keep in mind that no matter what the outcome or the result is, God loves them just as much as God loves you. And that way, we're all equal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to leave us with one last thing, and it's something I need to work on too. I've made me some mistakes. I have had me some issues, but I am good enough, I believe, to go back and look at what I've done wrong or right and try to progress what I've done good and also try to turn my weaknesses into strengths. Change and progress. It's important. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for you. God bless.